Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, welcome to a quick shot of romance. I am Becky and joining me for this episode is podcast contributor Jenny. Hi Jenny. Hi Becky. I almost forgot who you were for a second. Oh. I'm looking right at you. Yeah, you are. And it pretty sure says my name right there. Yeah. Um, okay, feeling special already. So <laughs> on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we are reviewing The Rules of Dating by Penelope Ward and Vi Keeland. This is an absolute standalone lone romance, except I did see that one of the friends in this book is getting his own book. Yes, I would not be surprised if all four of them do. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so I've read all of Vi and Penelope's cocky hero books. Like, that's how I found them. Right. And I love those, but they're a little older. They've been around yeah. for a while. And, you know, I've read a couple others and some were hits, some were misses. So I went into this cautiously and we'll get all into it. But I was surprised. <laughs> There was some unexpected elements to this story. Yes, I would agree. Okay, so read us the synopsis from Goodreads. From New York Times bestselling authors Penelope Ward and Vi Keeling comes a new standalone romance. It all started when I hosted a little party for a bunch of new friends. Though friends might be not be the right word since the invitees were all women I found on my boyfriend was talking to behind my back. When the guests of honor walked in, AKA my now ex, things took a turn. Unfortunately, a stranger witnessed the whole blowout. I was in a mood that night and ended up giving this gorgeous guy an attitude too. As if my night couldn't get any worse before he stormed off, he informed me he was actually my landlord. Kobe Lennon, along with three of his friends owned the building where my tattoo shop was located. He and I were total opposites. He wore a tie oozed confidence that came with years of women falling at his feet and wasn't afraid to say what he wanted, which lately was me. I hated that I found myself attracted to him, especially since I was supposed to be on a self-imposed dating hiatus. Yet the two of us couldn't seem to stay away from each other. We started hanging out as friends. I even went as far as making rules for what he dubbed as our undates. But eventually our explosive attraction became too much to bear and we broke our resolve. I let my guard down and started to really fall for Colby. Nothing could have prepared me for the ride he took me on. And I certainly wasn't prepared for where I'd wind up when the ride was over. All good things must come to an end, right? Except our ending was one I didn't see coming. So this is a newer release. It's September 17th of 2020. This is a single dad. They have a meet cute like no one else. Yeah. Um, opposites attract and there's a found family element. It is a standalone. Put out percentage was 42% and then to 45%. There was some space in between. Um, and so recently we have partnered with Lyric Audiobooks. So before we get in and talk about the book, we have an exclusive clip from the rules of dating from lyric audiobooks this audiobook is narrated by maxine mitchell and zachary weber and you can purchase a copy of the rules of dating from any audiobook retailer so we're going to listen and then we'll let you know what we think of the audiobook 
If I'd been in the right frame of mind, I might have appreciated the humor in the scene unfolding. A six-foot-two, 230-pound tattooed man made a beeline for the door, running away from a five-foot-one lunatic who just tattooed a giant pink Tinder flame logo on his arm. He was so nervous, he almost trampled a few of the Tinder bitches to get out the door. Once the last of them was on the street, I closed the door, closed my eyes, and tried to calm down. Then a man's voice sprung my eyes back open. Uh, I guess this isn't a good time, the cute narc said, the one person besides Justine and me remaining in my shop. Yeah, probably not, Justine murmured. Maybe come back another day. But I'd snapped, and it was going to take more than Caden leaving to glue me back together. I marched over to the counter with a deranged smile. No, don't go. What would you like me to tattoo on you? My voice went eerily flat. Also, for some reason, my eyes were no longer blinking. He looked a little nervous. Uh, I'm not sure. I tilted my head. No? Then let me help you. Where do you get the women you fuck behind your girlfriend's back? How about the Bumble logo? I lifted a finger into the air. Or maybe plenty of fish in the sea? That's kind of cute. A colorful little fish. Or maybe hinge. I can probably knock an H out in 15, maybe 20 minutes. The poor guy just kept staring at me. I put my hands on my hips. Well, what's it going to be? I don't have all day. I noticed he had a piece of paper in his hand. It looked like there was a picture on it. I snatched it and started to laugh maniacally. A rose. A fucking rose. How cliche can you be? You must already have an infinity symbol, huh? I tossed the paper at the guy. He made no attempt to catch it. You know what? He thumbed toward the door. I'm just going to go. Good. You're probably an asshole, too. You know how I know? Because you're all assholes. The guy smiled sadly at Justine. Thanks for your help. He pulled open the door, but stopped before walking through. I'm guessing you must be Billy. When I didn't answer, he shook his head. Okay, then. It was nice to meet you. By the way, I'm Colby Lennon, your new landlord. Holden came over bright and early the next morning to fix the leaky sink in my kitchen. I could have done it myself, but he knew how important weekends were for me, the only full days when I could spend quality time with my daughter, Sailor. Holden wasn't just a handyman around here, though. He was now part owner of the building, along with me and two of our other good friends. As a career musician, Holden didn't technically have a day job, so when he wasn't touring, he handled repairs around the building. He'd grown up helping his dad, who was a contractor, so he knew how to fix pretty much anything. He'd held many odd jobs before becoming our permanent handyman. Sailor sat next to me at the table, drawing while I drank my morning coffee and watched Holden mess around under the sink. He came up for air and looked over at the paper my daughter was sketching on. Did she just draw what I think she did? He asked. I looked over to find my three-year-old had doodled something that looked suspiciously like a penis with eyes and tentacles. What is that, sailor? I asked. That's you, daddy. She proclaimed. Sounds about right. Holden laughed. Sailor loved to draw, loved art in general. 
Even at the young age of three, it was evident. Her appreciation of art was one of the reasons I'd wanted to surprise her with a tattoo in her honor. That plan had certainly gone to hell, which reminds me. I turned to Holden. Hey, what do you know about the girl who rents the tattoo shop space downstairs? Billy. You haven't met her? I shook my head. Oh, I met her all right. What happened? I gave Holden the Cliff's Notes version of what I'd witnessed at the shop last night, or at least what I'd been able to decipher from the circus happening around me before I left. Shit, I can't blame her for going apeshit on the guy. Pretty brilliant setup. I chuckled. I have to admit it was, even if I got caught in the crossfire. But I'm telling you, he pointed a wrench toward me. She's cool as shit. You most definitely caught her at a bad time. Yeah, well, she should have treated a customer with respect, even if she was having a bad day. What was her reaction after you told her you owned the building? She looked shocked, but not enough to apologize. Anyway, I bolted out of there before she had the chance to say much else. Um, oh my gosh, that <laughs> is this opening scene. So perfect. Yes. Um... I really liked, I love Maxine Mitchell. I think she is a class act and one of my favorite female narrators. Like, I really like her, but she kind of, Billy's a little manic in the beginning of that book. And Maxine totally captures that manicness. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. She like gets that sassiness that like she has every right to have and yeah. deals with in such a hilarious way. And Zach Weber, Zachary Weber is a top-notch phenomenal audio actor himself and so i expect nothing less but the best from both of them so i totally would buy this audiobook because it's really yeah. it there's some things in it but overall it's a really good book so and these two would make it that much better yeah um, i wish we got like 30 seconds before like they jumped in oh with her and the yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that. So Lyric Audiobooks offers audiobook production services to some of the best indie romance authors. You can find out more about Lyric Audiobooks at lyricaudiobooks.com. Okay, so let's just talk about the setup of this book because the opening scene is Billy finds her boyfriend's phone and realizes that he has been having, he gets a notification on his phone while he's in the shower from Tinder. And she's like, what? Maybe, you know, because they've been together a couple right. of months. So maybe this is someone he had been trying to talk to before they had gotten together. Come to find out, he has, has having conversations with 12 other women. Like, currently. Like, today. Yeah. So she finds this out. His birthday is the next day or maybe that night even. Is it that, that night? night? Yeah. So she actually takes his phone so he doesn't know that she has read these notifications and smashes it, smashes the screen so that he can't see that she's seen these notifications. And that is the opening scene of this book. So she takes him to her tattoo parlor, which she's a very well-known, well-respected tattoo artist. And she's doing a blind tattoo for him, meaning she gets to put on him whatever she wants. He trusts her. It's his birthday. so It's his birthday. 
So she puts the Tinder logo on his back <laughs> shoulder. I was dying. So I'm old. I didn't know what Tinder's logo looked like. So I actually had to look it up. And but yeah, it's like a pink flame. Right. Yes. And it wasn't even subtle. Like it was fairly large. Yeah, it sounds like it was like his whole arm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Top of his arm. So funny. And and what she did is she invited all those Tinder women that he'd been talking to to meet at the shop for a date with him without any of them knowing. And then when he comes out with his tattoo, all these women are here. And that is the opening scene. Yeah. And that's kind of where we jumped in. Yeah. So Billy and, and Colby could not be more opposite. Yeah, I would agree to it. Yeah, to an extent. They are, Billy is... She's an artist and not just a tattoo artist. She actually does drawings and paintings. Um, and she was raised by a single mom. Dad was never in the picture. And right. Right. Yeah. Yes. And her mom is like judgmental. She doesn't consider yes. super snooty. Doesn't consider what billy does is really a career it's not artistic you know she takes every opportunity she can to demean her yes based on her looks based on her profession pretty much her whole personality but then you have colby who has these really great supportive parents he is um the dad of his sweet little daughter sailor who is three almost four and I will say total age appropriate child written age appropriately speech was on point for age appropriateness, like very well done. I agree. Yes. Um, but Colby like has super supportive parents. He's an architect, you know, kind of tie suit and tie kind of guy. Um, rule follower doesn't color outside the lines. Right. He, I mean, he has a past, but yes. Well, in his past, his past is only Sailor's mom, really. I mean, I guess his buddies Holden hints at the fact that, you know, he was a bit of a player before he became a father to Sailor. So he had a one night stand with a stripper and she got pregnant. Right? Right. And then it's a like baby on the doorstep. Type doorstep. Of, yeah. Yeah. Mom hasn't been in the picture. She's not. They can't even really find her. Uh, because she has some immigration issues around her. And he, it's, his dynamic with Sailor is amazing. Like, I really liked him as a dad. Uh, yes, he he has definitely, he talks about kind of like that transition period of like not knowing how to parent, but he has like embraced it 100%. And he has, he does some really sweet things with her. You know, there's this whole thing that, you know, they go and see a different bridge in New York city and talk about the bridges and, you know, he embraces her quirkiness and just their relationship was really sweet. I just really enjoyed it. Yes. And Billy's honest. She's not super maternal and, but she takes to sailor. And I felt like it was a really authentic 
dynamic. Like that is how, you know, you go from single carefree tattoo artist to undating somebody that is a dad. There's a learning curve. Yes. And I felt like Sailor and Billy's like relationship was like very natural in that like they have common personality traits. Like they're both like, like art. They're just a little quirky. Um, Yeah. So, and there are some, there's some really great funny scenes in this book. So I don't want to discount that before we go to this other half of this. Um, There is the mommy and me class that Colby takes sailor to on Saturdays that is really referred to as his fan club by Billy. Cause she takes her one time. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> oh, just, yeah, I can just picture it. <laughs> Even the married moms hit on him. Yeah. It's kind of funny. It was kind of funny. Um, I also really liked Colby's friends. So he has three guy friends that uh, they own all own a part of the building and they're all the money they use to buy the Manhattan real estate is that their fifth friend died from cancer and he left them some money. And now, you know, they're trying to honor him, but also take care of each other. And Holden is a snitch. (laughs) Yes. They're all like very different personalities. Yeah. But Holden is the worst. So Billy's been very clear to Colby, like she doesn't want to date. And he's like, okay, well, we don't have to date. We'll just hang out and be friends and do what they call this undating thing. And it really is a chance for us to have this organic, natural way to get to know each other doing everyday mundane tasks, like going to Ikea. And, but she goes with a client for a cocktail (laughs) and Holden spies her while she's out and he starts texting Colby and right. like tattletaling. Yeah, he's he is definitely like he is free with like his body and his vice and his um well, storytelling. Yeah, he goes to Billy for a tattoo and talks about how, you know, there was this menage and because Billy had it happened in Billy's a building. But Colby also like passed out in the bathroom. He wasn't a part of the menage. And Holden's like, yeah, I'll just give you all the details. And I'm like, dude, you need to shut up because you're making it worse. (laughs) But that is not the angst of this book. No. So I don't feel like the blurb does justice to what happens in this story. Right. I would. Yes. Um, The feel. Yeah. There's definitely like a divide. Like the field of first half versus the second half. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is, so a year ago, Carolina and I read a book by these two authors and we talked about in that book, how it felt like two different voices. I feel like this was two different voices too, because, so I'm not going to tell you what exactly happens, but Sailor's mom shows back up and she is incredibly manipulative yeah and they both fall for it and it's i mean yeah it's just a tough situation like you said like without saying what it is it's kind of hard to explain but um it's really hard to know what you would do in that kind of situation and i think they both handle it very well 
They do, but it really, it created a lot of push and pull. It created a lot of angst, but it also made it feel like there was some fracturedness in the storytelling. It wasn't as cohesive as I would have expected it to be. Yeah. Did you have moments where you felt like you could hear two voices, like that you felt it was yeah. very clear? Yeah, that that's kind of like the first half of the book is definitely more funny like humor like there's definitely the sweet moments and the, yeah the second half like I felt like whoa yeah um there's a really great part in this book where Billy brings over some body paints and Sailor wants uh, a tattoo like Billy or they do a tiger right. face and then it's later on she yeah, does a later. sleeve of tattoos and I think that it was that acceptance that Billy needed that she doesn't always get in her life. Yes, I would agree. Like, I definitely, like, related to Billy very much because, like, I am, like, colored hair, tattoos, piercings, like, and definitely have been judged by family members based on the way I look yeah, behave. Yeah. So this book is in Kindle Unlimited. It was a really good solid read. Um, there are just a couple of things that go in prepared for the angst. Right? Yeah. 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 I was kind it. of like, yes. I don't yeah, want to spoil it. I don't either. Um, but it's like the blurb says, um, it's nothing you would expect. Yeah. It was really unexpected. It was different. Um Okay, so do you have a book you think we should review for a quick shot of romance? Send us an email to thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. You can also get more bookish insights from us over on Patreon with our Buzzing After Darks and Should You Read It. Um, Jenny, thank you so much for joining me for this quick shot of romance. Thanks for having me. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 